0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Athenaeum, a podcast where I, Elaine, discuss, review, and analyze books of all genres spoiler-free. An early trigger warning for this episode, I'll be discussing emotional abuse. Today, I'll be talking about Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison, published in 1977. Here's the back of the book. Milkman Dead was born shortly after a neighborhood eccentric hurled himself off a rooftop in a vain attempt at flight. For the rest of his life, he too will be trying to fly. With this brilliantly imagined novel, Toni Morrison transfigures the coming-of-age story as audaciously as Saul Bellow or Gabriel Garcia Marquez. As she follows Milkman from his Rust Belt city to the place of his family's origins, Morrison introduces an entire cast of strivers and seeresses, liars and assassins, the inhabitants of a fully realized black world. Toni Morrison was born Chloe Argelia Warford on February 18, 1931, and a huge loss to everyone, she died on August 5, 2019. She was an American novelist, essayist, book editor, and college professor. In the late 1960s, she became the first black female editor in fiction at Random House in New York City, where she used her position to help amplify the voices of black writers. Her first novel, The Bluest Eye, was published in 1970. Although her novels typically concentrate on black women, Morrison did not identify her works as feminist. When asked in a 1998 interview, why distance oneself from feminism, she replied, In order to be as free as I possibly can, in my own imagination, I can't take positions that are closed. Everything I've ever done in the writing world has been to expand articulation rather than to close it to open doors, sometimes not even closing the book, leaving the endings open for reinterpretation, revisitation, a little ambiguity. End quote. She went on to state that she thought it, quote, off-putting to some readers who may feel that I'm involved in writing some kind of feminist tract. I don't subscribe to patriarchy, and I don't think it should be substituted with matriarchy. I think it's a question of equitable access and opening doors to all sorts of things, end quote. So while I think it's interesting that she wouldn't choose to ascribe herself as a feminist or to feminism, despite very clearly believing in those values, the idea of not labeling herself as such in order to bring a broader audience to her work is interesting. I think the term feminist has been hotly debated since its inception, and especially now. um, There's a lot of conversation about whether we're in the third wave or the fourth wave of feminism, whether feminism is even still needed, and um, what feminism really means in a scholarly as well as a colloquial sense. Uh, Moving back to Morrison's bio. In 2012, she responded to a question about the difference between black and white feminists in the 1970s. Quote, womanists is what black feminists used to call themselves, she said. They were not the same thing, and also the relation with men. Historically, black women have always sheltered their men because they were out there, and they were the ones that were most likely to be killed. End quote. Another really powerful statement from Morrison, and I think it is one that we absolutely need to consider. I am a white woman, and... It is very important as a white woman for me to understand that my version of what feminism ought to look like can be and is likely very different from what a woman of color, a black woman's, a Latina woman's idea of what feminism should be and should look like. And it's important to remember that our perspective is not the only thing that should be taken into account as a good feminist. Um, I'm a huge fan of intersectional feminism. I identify as an intersectional feminist, so I'm gonna try and hop off my soapbox here. Um, But it is important to recognize these differences. Again, back to her bio. Morrison has a huge list of awards, way too long for me to list here. Uh, In 1993, she became the first black woman to win the Nobel Prize in Literature. Um, And again, a huge long list of others. Please look it up. It's really amazing. I think it fills an entire computer screen. In 2019, legislation was introduced in Morrison's hometown, Lorraine, Idaho, to officially recognize February 18th, her birthday, as Tony Morrison Day. Uh, So we did miss Tony Morrison Day this year, but hopefully next year we can all celebrate this amazing woman. Margaret Burnham, university distinguished professor of law and director of the civil rights and restorative justice project at Northeastern, said about the author, Toni Morrison's fictive work about black life lies at the intersection of memory, history, and trauma. It is essential to the mission of the civil rights and restorative justice project. So, essentially, Margaret Burnham and a lot of other women, including myself, think that Toni Morrison is amazing. Song of Solomon won the National Book Critics Circle Award, was chosen for Oprah Winfrey's popular book club, and was cited by the Swedish Academy in awarding Morrison the 1993 Nobel Prize in Literature. In 1998, the Radcliffe publishing course named it the 25th best English language novel of the 20th century. Goodreads gave it a 4.06 out of 5 stars, and I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 stars. It was 337 pages, and I read it over the course of two weeks. A brief warning, I read this book a good while ago, almost three years, I think. When I had read it, I was a white girl in a mainly white school, and I had no one to teach me or help me learn about racial justice. My own understanding of racism and systematic prejudice was minimal, if any, at the time. I have since learned a lot and grown as a person, and looking back, I can really tell why Morrison's works are so important. So bear in mind many of these reviews comes from recollections of a very ignorant white girl with a few current white girl musings about how ignorant I was before. I admit but at first, I was not a huge fan of this novel. The events of the first page, I won't tell you what they are because no spoilers, but they were deeply upsetting and triggering to me at the time of my reading, and that really made for a bad start. I was very off-put by the entire concept because of those events. However, as I continued to think deeper about the novel and really analyze it, it grew on me. As the novel concluded, Morrison tied seemingly unimportant details to stronger themes. The character of Milkman is beautifully human, working even as he remains relatably flawed. He is very human and multidimensional, something that is deeply lacking in many portrayals of black men in the media, even now. In fact, all of Morrison's characters are complex, even the minor ones. The character development is impeccable. I'd read a bunch more novels just about the minor characters, since there is so much to them even without having much screen time, uh, as it were. My recommendation is to analyze Morrison's books as you read them so that you can be sure to get the full impact of her work. Uh, Otherwise some of the actions of the characters can be really frustrating and it is not until you think about what Morrison is trying to tell the reader that you can really understand. One of the many reasons Morrison's work, as well as the writing of all black writers, is so important is that it challenges the narratives created by societal norms and racism and prejudice and all other forms of hegemony. It is easy to become blind to race, especially in novels where the reader is not necessarily forced to confront race. Very few novels have distinct descriptions of a person of colour or a character of race and so we tend to just assume that they are our race and well, we white people assume they're white. But when we don't pay attention to messages on race and ethnicity that are being portrayed, we are complicit in symbolic annihilation. This is a term coined by Gay Tuckman to describe the ways minorities are erased by media that includes them only in stereotypical ways, or doesn't even include them at all. Watching shows or reading books that ignore minorities gives implicit permission to ignore those minorities in real life. Including multidimensional characters of color, of minority status, in the media, that the public consumes presents a more realistic view of the world and reminds us of the realities that people of color face every day. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next time for a special episode on a very recently published book, The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. I just finished it and I cannot resist talking about it next. If you have any suggestions for books to review, or if you've read one of the books I've reviewed, get in contact. You can find me at elaine.cat on Instagram, that's E-L-A-I-N-E dot K-A-T on Instagram, or email me at morpheusathenaeum at gmail.com. Bear with me, that is E U S A T H E. N-A-E-U-M at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again next week.